A man is not a financial plan. Today we have with us Rachel Hannibal. She is a personal finance coach and the author of Amber's Magical Savings Box, which is an Amazon bestseller and guys has a perfect five-star rating. Amber's Magical Savings Box is an interactive children's book on earning and saving money. After becoming completely debt-free, saving a year's worth of income and reaching a credit score of over 800, Rachel decided to share her own tools and tips to help others do the same. Rachel has helped many people achieve their short-term and long-term financial goals that include saving for a home, paying off student loans, and saving an emergency fund. Rachel travels to schools, churches, and nonprofits in the tri-state area, holding millionaires in training classes for teens and adults as well as Amber's Magical Savings Box classes for kids under the age of 10. It is her mission to give the next generation of millionaires a head start on the road to financial freedom. Hey, Rachel. Welcome to SOS Radio Show. Thank you for having me. Woo! <laughs> okay, Rachel. Um, first, thank you for sharing your experience, your knowledge, and gift with us. In this season of singleness, we are working on our developing our purposes in life, not only to help ourselves, but others, as you know. How did it begin? Like, how did you become interested in your personal finances and wanting to help others do the same? Well, I grew up in a single parent home in a very low income neighborhood, uh, to put it nicely. (laughs) And I mean, you just see a lot of you just see a lot of poverty growing up. And I just I, I knew there was more to life. And I began a journey of finding out what that more is. And as I got older and started living on my own, I created certain plans for myself, financial plans for myself, uh, things that I wanted to complete before the age of 30. Mm -hmm. That includes, I wanted to be completely debt-free, including my student loans. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have my credit score above 800 and I wanted to save a year's worth of income in cash. And so once I was able to do that, I decided to take those same tips and tools and go back to the neighborhood that I came from um, and, and basically give them those same principles to help them do the same thing. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and that's totally relatable because even like we're about to be 35 this year and uh, it's like you're thinking about your finances and it's like, I got to get this stuff together and that student loan is Mm. a whole mess so yeah (laughs) yes it is yes it is yes it is and so like it's really interesting and okay like so you took what you learned and you went to help people but it's like you know really like how was that kind of talking especially to women about that because I really don't remember a time when like me and my girls would just sit around and talk about our finances it's that's pretty kind of been like an off-limit topic like I in life I've probably shared like my salary with only a couple of people but I've never really um, been in a space where I went into depth about like how much debt I actually had or how much money I actually had in the bank you know it's kind of always been really like a leery thing for me so I know I shouldn't feel that way but um you know why do you think that you know it's important especially for us as women to have these conversations to be transparent and, and vulnerable when we're talking about our money 
Well, for whatever reason, these are these are the conversations that we're not having at the dinner table. We're not having at, at Sunday dinner at grandmom's or, or, you know, family reunions. For whatever reason, we don't talk about money. Money is one of the main things that is just completely controlling our entire lives. That your financial situation can affect you emotionally, spiritually, physically. Some people are getting making themselves physically sick because they are stressing out and losing sleep over their um, their their financial situation. So mm-hmm. I think it's extremely important for for so many reasons. A sometimes it's just something to get off your chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. nice. Just because you know, it's kind of like this, this secret that we like hold on to all day and all night, and it's kind of like I've noticed a lot with my clients. It's even it's even lifted a weight when they say how much their debt is out loud mm-hmm. to even just mm-hmm. say it out loud, which is one of the exercises I normally go through in my sessions. Yeah. It out loud, stand in your truth, be honest, so that we can move forward, mm-hmm. and. Also, there's a lot of resources and different things that are out there, but we don't know if we don't bring it up. Yeah, because there's a lot of shame around it. And it's like, yeah. oh, why are we ashamed? Like, we all are going through these things. Yeah. Yes, we are. Yes, when we you are. think about the idea that student loan debt has quadrupled in the last 15 years, it's just, wow. you have to know that you're in a majority if you have student loans. You have a friend in me and a whole lot of other a lot Yes. Of other. Right. <laughs> so why be ashamed about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Why be ashamed about that? So I, I look for um, common ways to bring up the topic of money. And and I, and it, it's just it's, it's easy because it's, it's a part of everything. It's a part of our everyday lives. Everything that we if you really think about it, almost everything that we talk about does somehow some way involve money. Mm hmm. So yeah. how come we don't you know? So how come we don't talk about money? So it's important. Now it's a craze going on um, where women are seeking men for money, or come ups, or financial setups. Um, I grew up in a home with you know my mom and my dad, um, and they both worked together um, to take care of the finances. Um, I never really looked at a man as a financial plan, if that makes sense, because you know I'm an interdependent woman. But there are some places where this is the plan. You meet a guy, you guys work together, he brings home the bacon, or he's a come up. What do you think about this concept? And what do you say to women who consider getting with a man to be their financial plan? (laughs) A man is not a financial plan. Yes. That's, it, it, it isn't someone's sole responsibility to make you completely happy, to completely take care of you. That is not another person's sole responsibility if it's not a mother or child, parent and child mm-hmm. thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you, it's, it's not really safe to even put that in someone else's hands. I mean, if you think about the rate of divorce or even just separation, the people who are not divorced but are still separated – you can't, you know, you kind of have to have a plan of your own. Yeah. yeah. And most men that I speak to or, or or have sessions with, they're looking for someone who has some type of idea of where they're going and how they're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes. <laughs> you want to have some type of plan of your own and think about it this way. Let's just say you do in five, ten years 
find someone that's going to care for you. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much debt you're going to pile up in the next five or 10 years of, of not paying it down, just waiting for someone, just sitting around waiting for someone? And then you, you become, become a burden. Yeah, you become yes. a burden. And I don't think that that's fair if this is someone who really, really loves you uh, to, to want to help you out. You don't want to be a complete burden to that person. No. Um, so, so yeah, I think that I think that women should have their own plan. I think that women should have should still monitor their own credit score. I think women should still have a, a, a cushion for rainy days, if you know, for money. You, you know, you just never know what will what will happen, and, and we just can't put that all that responsibility in the hands of another person. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's like we have to learn how to kind of stand on our own. I mean, because, you know, I'm not even going to lie. Like, up until I was about 30, 31, like, it it wasn't that I was actually looking to a man for my financial planning. But it was kind of like, well, I don't really need to buy a home until I get married. Or I would think like that because it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. what's the point? You know, and now it is kind of a shift like, you know what? Nope, I want to have my own stuff. And when that day comes that I get in a relationship, when that day comes that I get married, okay, I already have like my own assets and my own things to bring to the table. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. So Rachel, um, I'm in a situation now where I kind of just started completely over. I left my quote unquote good job. And so the income that I had before is not what I have now. And then kind of like adding on to that, I'm a single mom. So mm-hmm. I have a child, not only that I have to provide for, but also, you know, a teenager, he's a teenager and, you know, he's looking to me, you know, to instill these money values into him. So just, you know, I, I want to know what your take on and like what advice you have, like for me and for other women like me, as far as like how to budget and also like how to kind of like, you know, teach our children financial literacy. Yes. Well, I would say, number one, a budget is everything. Mm-hmm. We we mm-hmm. have to tell our money where to go instead of wondering where it went. Ooh. For a lot of us, it's the end of the month, it's the end of the year, it's tax time time or whatever, and we're looking at this grand total of what we brought in, and we're scratching our heads trying to figure out where did it go. Mm -hmm. And so a budget is, and and I listen to various different, I read different books or podcasts or whatever, watch different shows of different millionaires who who always discuss how they have a budget and their their numbers may look different from ours but in my mind i'm thinking if they need a budget then so do i (laughs) so so, uh budgeting is is key and 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 there's so many different easier ways especially for single mom there's a lot of different apps that make it easier make it simpler things like that um but definitely budgeting because what you want to have is an emergency fund Okay. And how much should an emergency fund be? Emergency fund, you should start with have making sure you have at least a thousand dollars that is set aside that is just for an emergency. I always say emergency funds are not for emergency fund, you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you like mm-hmm. you like thinking I cannot walk out of this mall with the, without these shoes, right? No, that's not <laughs> what the emergency fund is for. But once you get the thousand dollars 
you should work towards at least having three to six months of, of an emergency fund set aside, three to six months of your expenses, your monthly expenses. Mm-hmm. Because if without it, we are like driving in a car really quickly without a seatbelt. because what's emergencies are guaranteed i can guarantee you that something is going to come up very very soon that you're going to have to put money out for that you didn't expect to have to put money out for that's not written down on your budget that was not what you thought would happen when you woke up that that morning you know so i can guarantee you that so um emergency funds are extremely important especially you as a single mother and all the other single mothers out there emergencies are Especially, you know, when you have a child, of course, children yeah. have all kinds of, you know, mm. emergencies and things that come up. I would say definitely do do your budget on paper and do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. I would oh, say wow. even if it's five or ten minutes in the beginning of the month, you need to, you know, tell your money where it's going to go. And, and tell your make a vow to yourself of how much you're going to save, you know, create that goal. And as the, ch- the children get older, because you have a teenager, bring them along for the journey. Yeah. For whatever reason, I think that we try to shield our children from money. And I don't really know why we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we really want to shy away from having those kinds of conversations with our young people. And I've noticed that in, a, in our society, but I think that we should start talking about it as early as possible. Yes. Um, my children's book is for ages three to 10 and it teaches kids about earning and saving money. So I think that if, as young as they start to ask for things, that's when we should start <laughs> asking mm-hmm. them questions or having those conversations about money as early as possible. Yeah, because I I don't yeah, I don't know about you, Chantel, but like I don't yeah, I don't remember having money conversations at all. I mean, you know, I saw my parents work, you know, I knew that they made decent money, but as far as like, oh, I'm saving or I'm budgeting or like I never really none none of that. Like I never really had those conversations at all. <laughs> I had those conversations with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um and it's funny because when you when they're telling you this stuff, you're not even paying attention to it. But now it's like, wow, she was on to something. Yeah. You, you know, tithing um, or giving saving 10 percent, creating account. You know, they had account together and then my parents had a separate account apart from each other. Um, when my mom passed in 2009, her account apart from her paid for her funeral services. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to plan for these things, even though we don't plan for them to happen, but they do happen. And, you know, based on the things she taught me, it saved me a lot of time and effort in reach un- disposable resources. If that makes sense, makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Um, Rachel, you are like a plethora and a fountain of knowledge. <laughs> um, so, you know, my mom talked to me about savings and stuff. Now, growing up, I knew about credit, but not the um, delicate intricacies of it, um, what it consists of. And then, you know, for our generation, um, in the 2000s, we had our first, I guess, Great Depression and stuff based on the housing crisis. Mm-hmm. And on the credit, um, some levels had changed. And now, you know, we have the um, the Wells Fargo, people open up accounts, like different things going on with our credit report. So my question to you is, um, what impact does credit have on us as people and how important is good credit in creating a financial credit plan for the future? 
I'm going to answer all of that in one sentence, and then we're going to we can dig in deeper with it. Okay. Studies show that the difference between having good credit and having poor credit can be an extra one hundred thousand dollars over the span of your lifetime. Oh wow! Mm. Wow. Yes, so, yeah. <laughs> so since we want to, that is your answer for all the questions that you just asked. Unless you have an extra $100,000 that you want to give away to someone who does not have a name or a face, mm-hmm. then you should monitor your credit. You should make sure that you have good credit. And I've, I've been a personal finance coach for some years now. And the people who say credit is just a three-digit number are the people who have never reaped the benefits of having really good credit. Mm -hmm. You have the the possibilities and the options that I have been able to experience because now I'm in my fifth or sixth year, I believe, of maintaining a credit score over 800. It is great. We talked about, you know, buying a home. I had so many options and I believe we should want to spoil ourselves and our children and our family with options, with options. You don't want to be rejected every time you want to go. You know, it's bad enough. We're already paying high interest for all types of things. Fees that we shouldn't be paying anyway, you know, for stuff that probably, you know, people are just making money off of us already. And just imagine how much they're taking advantage of you if they Absolutely. see this three digit number on the side of underneath your name and they feel like they can charge you whatever they want to charge you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that like a hundred thousand dollars? That's like made up of like the high interest rates, basically. That's basically different fees that a lot of times you may have to pay because your credit is not they they they'll be more willing to waive a whole lot of fees mm-hmm. uh, if you have good credit if they believe that you are reliable and responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, they of course yes the interest the difference in the interest rate is huge okay. it is huge especially if you are buying a home uh, that is a hundred thousand dollars or one fifty. And the interest rate on it is so high. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. You, if you really sit and calculate uh, just how much interest you're paying per day, that was one of my driving forces, I would say, to pay to pay off my student loans. I took the time to sit and calculate that they were adding a dollar twenty-five of interest every day that I didn't pay that loan. Wow. I said, wow. that's too much on top of what I already owe was already a lot. Yeah. I did the math of how much that would be over the 10 years they say it should take for me to pay that loan off. There's no way in the world they're getting all this money out of me. Yeah. It's, wow. it, it's like a, it's like the biggest like scam ever. Like when you really it think is. about it. It is. But you know what? It's also the same for car loans. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. biggest scam too. As soon as you drive it off the lot, the value of that plummets instantly. Even before you even go around the corner, it plummets instantly. And you're never going to get that money back. Yeah. But you're paying this this you know this interest rate for financing it and everything like that. I say you everyone gets a free credit report every year. If you have not pulled your credit report in the last 12 months, you need to go do that as soon as you get done listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You need to know your full report and you need to know what your score is. Okay. Yeah. And wow. Whew, that, 
that just gave me a lot to think about. About to pull my own credit report. Um, wow. So, like, what 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 is like the first step though to like credit repair? Like, what like if it's like one like okay, you pull your you pull your credit, and then it's like it is the first thing you should work on like paying just start paying off your debt. Like, what's the first like tangible step that someone can make? Well, I would say for a lot of people, the biggest thing is pulling the score and pulling the report. A lot of people are afraid to look. I'm afraid to look. I know it's bad. I know it's bad. I, I've walked a lot of people through this process. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, face your fears and look. What two, One of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to find out it's not as bad as you thought it was, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. it is going to be as bad as you thought it was. And you're going to be happy that now you have the tools to do something about it. Mm. Either way, it's a win-win situation. So I will say for all those who are fearful of even just pulling the report or seeing the number, go ahead and do it. Say whatever prayers you need to say, call whoever (laughs) you need to call before, but go ahead and do it. Also, when you go through your credit report, 20 pages, however pages it may be for you, look and make sure there's, there's nothing on there that shouldn't be on there. Mm-hmm. A good, I think it's 72% of the U.S. population have, people have things on their credit report that is incorrect. Yeah. It's costing the money. But you don't know that because you haven't looked in seven years or eight or nine years. Who knows, you know? So if there's something on there that doesn't belong, there's an email address, there's an address, and there's a phone number for every single company listed on your credit report. Dispute it. Um, I would, I would, I would also say, of course, one of the main things is making sure you pay your bills on time. Mm-hmm. One missed payment or late payment can drop your score so much just at one time, which is where budgeting it circles back to budgeting because you already have a plan for certain things to be paid when it's due. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that we can do immediately right now to stop the bleeding. And then we can go on to do the step-by-step to actually treat the wound. But what we need to do immediately is to stop the bleeding. And that's what we can do now today. Uh I I think I need to start some of that today. I know I need to start some of that today, actually. Like, I know. I I feel like I used to be so much better. But, yeah. Okay. Life has. Yeah, you've definitely put me all the way together. Okay. I think I feel good about that. I don't think I feel bad about putting you together. Yes, I, I feel good about it too. Now I feel like, oh, I'm like, okay, all right, I got a game plan. So that's um, what's up. Okay, so yeah, so what? Um, and I definitely want you to talk about, you know, your book, but also, yes. like, are there any other books and resources that you would recommend, you know, to women as you know they start, you know, taking these action steps and they start working on improving their personal finances. There are two books that I love, love, love. Uh, one, Susie Orman's book. It's called Women and Money. Okay. I love Susie Orman. She, she gets straight to the point. She says she breaks it down where you can understand it. And, you know, sometimes financial terms can be, you know, it goes over some people's heads. Yeah. She's really easy with understanding. Also, someone else, Tanya Rapley. Oh, okay. Her book is called The Money Manual. Okay, I haven't heard. Oh, wait. Uh, I think I have heard of her. Okay, I'm going to check that out. The Money Manual? Yes. Okay. okay. She is the MyFab Finance lady. So okay. Maybe you've heard of Yeah. So she, the Money Manual is really, really great. Again, she breaks down basic terminology, 
everything from, you know, your retirement plans to investing to budgeting. She kind of, she really, really walks you through. Um, and it, and it's, it's kind of like a journal form too. So there's, there's parts where you can do some exercises inside of it. So it's really, really good. Those two books would be my top for, okay. for women wanting okay. to get together. Okay. And then tell us about more about your book that you wrote. Um, because I know too, like, I mean, I have a teenager and I also have like a lot of like nieces and a nephew younger kids and they definitely um <laughs> you know I, I look at the younger generation you want to start them off right so yeah yeah tell us about your book amber's magical savings box is an interactive children's book uh, about earning and saving money mm-hmm. it is as of last night number one ebook on amazon for children's books about Ooh, money okay Ooh, okay <laughs> <laughs> and the paperback is number four. So the ebook is number one. The paperback is number four. And it basically we we walk through the process of, of seeing if Amber actually earns the money to and saves up enough money to buy this magical toy that all the kids in school seem seem to have except for Amber. Mm-hmm. And instead of her just going home and asking her mom and her dad she begins to create a plan of, of how she's going to either help out around the house or help out around the neighborhood or maybe even help her grandparents out of how she's just going to earn this money to to buy this magical toy. Amber uh, is actually my niece. I wrote in honor of my niece. She passed away at the age of three years old. Mm-hmm. So the book is for ages three to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a perfect five-star rating. A lot of the parents and grandparents have said that it, it kind of pays for itself because instead of the child just asking for anything in the store, they kind of begin the process how to read the price tag. They begin the process, how can I earn this money? Because what I've seen happens is, and this is why I wrote the book, mm-hmm. as a personal finance coach, a lot I've noticed that a lot of our financial habits uh, or our relationship with money in general comes from the things that we have either heard or, or experienced at a young age um, around that age group. So I wanted to I wanted to look for a resource to give my clients or to refer to my clients, and I wanted it to be a book. After going in various bookstores and not finding anything, I sat there in the parking lot of the bookstore and I began to write Amber's Magical Savings Box. Wow. Uh-huh. It, 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 it saddened me that it wasn't something there. I even had to ask the clerk, I'm like, you have to look something up in your directory. There has to be something to teach kids about saving money. There has to be something here. And so I just began to write. And that was actually February of this year. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, okay. That's really recent. By March 25th, it was listed on, on Barnes & Noble and Amazon. And it's now... Um, available through Walmart as well. And it has been just a great tool for a lot of parents. And I just think this is what this is what our kids need at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to order that for um, my nieces and my nephew because they're within that age group. And yeah, I think that'll be definitely um, beneficial. Thank you. So oh, thank you. 
let everyone know like how they can you know get your services where they can find you at so i uh, mentioned earlier i'm a personal finance coach i help you or people i should say achieve your short-term and long-term financial goals we create a plan we find out where you are we find out where you want to be and we come up with a step-by-step kind of a gps a plan of how we can get you from where you are to where you want to be mm. and uh, my website is rachelhannibal.com. That's R-A-C-H-A-E-L-H-A-N-I-B-L-E.com. There are packages on there. And also uh, the funds from the money that people pay for personal finance coaching goes back into the community. I go to different schools. I travel to teach kids about financial literacy and because it's not being taught in our schools. So you are helping yourself, but you are helping me as well to continue to pass the torch on and give our next generation the tools they need to change our world. Um, Amber's Magical Savings Box, again, is available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Walmart. Mm -hmm. So they can be purchased in all those places. And my Instagram is peptalks underscore. And I'm just Rachel Hannibal on Facebook. Yay! Thank you so much. You really are. No, you're. That's really amazing what you're doing, and we really appreciate you for coming on and talking to us today. Close the curtain, I'm blessed. Pull me up, pull me up.